Thirsty? You've come to the right place to wet your whistle. It's the Liquid Lifestyle with Ryan McGarrion, a full hour of liquid refreshment. Now, here's Ryan. And a very merry summer Saturday afternoon to you, my thirsty listener. That's right, it's time for another round of the Liquid Lifestyle here on the Radio Northwest Network. And my hope is that at this very moment, you're finding some rest, perhaps with family, maybe some friends, who knows. But what I do know is that I hope this weekend has arrived with the opportunity for you to enjoy one or two tasty beverages. So as always, a reset on our show itself. I am your host and on-air bartender, Ryan McDarian. And this little show of mine is dedicated to all things liquid and delicious with a special leaning towards, well, potent potables, including spirits, cocktails, beers and wines, with occasional forays into coffee and tea, uh, all along with the fine folks and joints that serve them up, be them right here in the city of roses, hops, and hipsters, or uh, far, far beyond. All right, so each and every year, the very best in the spirit and cocktail service industry does descend upon New Orleans for an event called Tales of the Cocktail. And I can pretty much guarantee that if you ask just about any craft bartender on the planet, what is the single most important and influential gathering of such folk in the world today? 100% of them would say Tales. Now at Tales, there is a gala event known as the Spirited Awards, where the best and most relevant industry pros are honored for their talents and contributions over a calendar year. And folks, this year I am so proud to say that my colleague over at Aviation Gin and House Spirits Distillery, Brooke Arthur, was named American Spirit Brand Ambassador of the Year. Folks, this is a freaking huge deal. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, it's our industry's equivalent of winning an Oscar. And that's right, guess who's joining us here this afternoon? Our uh, princess of deliciousness herself, Brooke Arthur. Brooke, how the heavens are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm rested and happy and really happy to be here. That makes me super happy because I know your job is wonderful and it is challenging is all get out. So it's really exciting to see you rested and uh, energized for the last part of this year. So again, that's just a spectacular thing to drop on your resume, having that American Spirit Brand Ambassador win at Tails, super well-deserved. I may not be so objective, but you have definitely earned it from my perspective. You know, I, you know, I think a lot of our listeners, specifically our bar industry listeners, uh, perhaps would love to just hear, what does what the personal and professional backstory look like for someone who's achieved you know, so much on our industry? Brooke, tell, tell us a little, bit, a little bit about your background. Okay. Um... Gosh, I feel like there's a lot to say. <laughs> um, say as much as you want. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's amazing to even be recognized in this way from from people like you, Ryan, and everyone else that somehow voted for me to get this crazy awesome award. Um, I uh, I would say, and I say this all the time, that my my the way that I got here, I guess, is is by just sort of being a girl in, that that worked her way up in the industry. Um, I I started as a as a busser at um, a really amazing place on the on the South Lake shores of um, Lake Tahoe, called the Beacon. Uh, I served a lot of rum runners, <laughs> and um, I, I mean, no, I, I in the beginning I didn't serve any rum runners. I, I literally was a summer hired. Um, busser and then I'm really just sort of moved my way up like I have throughout my whole career in this industry went from a busser to a food runner a food runner to a waiter a waiter to a cocktail server um, all moving back and forth um, from summers in Tahoe and then winters at home in Chico when I was um, still in school 
So tell us about your first bartending gig. Uh, well, after college, I moved to San Francisco. I, I was young and, and <clears throat> scared <laughs> and uh, excited all at the same time. I, by a very fortuitous sort of stumbled my way into this place called the Redwood Room at the Clift Hotel. And um, I started as a cocktail waitress there when really the boom of, of dot-com and all of that was kind of slowly coming to an end, but there was definitely tons of bottle service still happening and, and all of that good stuff. And, you know, so, sort of like as the story still continues, one, one shift, um, one of the bartenders didn't show up, and I had been serving Cosmos and Lemon Drops and Mojitos and all of those classics <laughs> that were still very popular back then over and over again. And uh, I was at sort of like a satellite bar, and I just basically was told to make them myself, not really having any clue the proportions, but, you know, instinctually knowing what I knew the ingredients and, and just sort of tasting them. Uh, the Clift Hotel and that experience at the Redwood Room was much grander than I would have ever known. I worked with people like Eric Carlson, who now runs a lot of amazing bars in Seattle. Uh, Duggan McDonald was one of my managers who, I mean, his career has skyrocketed. He has a book now and owns Cantina in San Francisco and really has been a great mentor for me. I, I mean, Naya White just left the cliff right when I was starting, but I got to meet him there. Uh, and, and the list really goes on and on and on. I mean, I just ran into somebody who was a bartender there who's now running a huge, amazing club in Miami, just randomly. I mean, really everybody was great. And from there, my first actual bartending job was given to me by Eric Carlson um, at a place, a sushi restaurant, where they thought that I would... I guess I would I would look the part. <laughs> um, I can see that. <laughs> and he, yeah, he trained me basically from the start there. That's awesome. Well, let's see. You know, as I look back, and you know, I, for whatever reason, I feel like my mind really does a pretty decent job of trapping, you know, you know, just you know, memories and ideas, you know, with regards to my profession. It seems like the first time I heard about Brooke Arthur was when you worked at a bar called Range, and you know, Range has produced you know a lot of talent. I know Thomas Waugh was there, and now he runs uh, Death and Company New York, which for those who have never been to. Or ZZ's. Well, he, he went to Death and he Company. Now he's at ZZ's yeah. Clam Bar, which yeah. people are just And many, many other the, amazing yeah, places. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, was Range kind of your first, like, foray into what we would call craft cocktails, proportion, extreme use of quality ingredients, extreme, extreme knowledge of, you know, base spirits that cures fortified wines? Would that be a, a truism? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely, without a doubt. I owe, I owe a huge wealth of my knowledge and, and experience to Range. Um, at this sushi restaurant um, that I was at, called Umami, I, I ended up not being able to get the amount of shifts that I needed at an opening of a new restaurant. That happens all the time, as we all know. Um, figuring out the ebb and flow of, of how busy a restaurant's going to be. Um, and, and so I literally looked on Craigslist to find another bartending job and happened to see a posting by range. And one of my other big mentors, a woman named Camberlay, who's still uh, actually in Oakland now, um, I had worked with her at, I mean, this is such a back and forth story, but it's a very huge web of wonderfulness. Um, I, I had worked as a cocktail waitress at a place called Frisan that Duggan had opened, with, and she was bartending there, so we became close. And um, 
I asked her to put in a good word for me and I got a I got an interview and really not even knowing the magnitude of what range was I had a lot of experience in a lot of really high-end restaurants and they had a Michelin star at the time so you know my foot really got in the door because of camber but yeah the people I, I took over my first shift was the last shift of a guy named Enrique Sanchez who is an incredible bartender in San Francisco one of the seniors and and someone I really look up to at the time Carlos Yaturia was the bar manager who's in my opinion the god of seasonality when it comes to bartending um, Dominic Venegas who is I mean should be bartender of the year in my opinion next year. I mean, he works at the Nomad now. He, his his experience in New York and San Francisco are crazy. You've worked with some serious talent, and I'm sure they'd say the same about you. It's really kind of cool just to sit here because I know a lot about your background, but it's I don't think I've heard this much about the different people you've had to work with. So, you know, I guess I'd like to jump to you know what you think. You know, San Francisco is is considered one of easily one of the top five cocktail cities probably in the world right now, uh, and for good reason. Incredible creativity, incredible passion. What would you say are the strengths and the unique perspectives that are the San Francisco cocktail scene? I get asked this question all the time. Uh, I spent almost as much time in San Francisco as I did where I grew up in Chico. But, um, you know, there's a lot of answers to this question, and I I have two really good ones, I think. (laughs) Um, The first is, you know, the, the seasonal aspect of living in California is so huge, and San Francisco is really special in that it's surrounded literally by farms, um, with with just amazing produce and and really chefs and people that just foodies and and you know it's not just it's not just the people making the food or the drinks it's really the consumers are are, are just as excited. Brooke, I got to jump in real quick. We are coming to the end of our first segment again with Brooke Arthur, American Brand Ambassador of the Year for Aviation Gin and House Spirits. We are talking cocktails and all things yummy. We'll be back in a moment. And welcome back to The Liquid Lifestyle on the Radio Northwest Network. Coming to you from here in Portland, we're sitting here with Brooke Arthur, the American Brand Ambassador of the Year per Tales of the Cocktail. Again, essentially the Oscars of the spirit and cocktail service industry. Uh, We've been talking about Brooke's background. Uh, Brooke, uh, if you heard in the first segment, uh, really got her start in the San Francisco bar community. It's a very strong community, very close community, lots of contribution to the world, kind of liquid culinary art, so to speak. And, you know, I had recently, or I just asked at the end of the last segment, you know, what you know what really informs you know what is it that that makes the San Francisco scene the cocktail scene there so unique and Brooke you were talking about you know the region itself and how that affects you know the quality and perspective of of those cocktails that you get down there you want to continue on that yeah thanks (laughs) um I think like I was saying it's it San Francisco I I I grew up in California, so I and at the time I really hadn't spent much time outside of it. But I do I do travel full time and across the country and, and a little bit outside now. And I think that San Francisco really was kind of one of the the forefront people to start doing this seasonal seasonal stuff. I mean, back in like 2005, 2004, 2006, you know, they were really breaking ground with with that. And and most mostly within the cocktail world, 
I mean, range we spoke about earlier was a completely seasonal driven menu from, from food to dessert to cocktails. Every single cocktail at that time, <laughs> thank you, Carlos Uteria, had a muddled fruit of some type or herb of some type in it. That's why those guys have such big, and gals, have such big guns down there. They're muddling the crap out of everything. Oh, whenever you, when you say muddle in San Francisco, one name comes to mind, man. It's Mr. Mojito, our friend down there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, he literally made himself a name for, for that and, and then created a muddling business. I mean, it was, it was big time out there. Um, so, yeah, I think that is one thing that uh, influence, influences the greatness of San Francisco's cocktail world a lot, and that, and that has obviously changed much at this point um, in the game. We, we're not muddling as much anymore. <laughs> For sure. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I guess, I, you know, you, you go back and forth, obviously, from Portland to San Francisco to L.A. a lot. You know, what, you know, I guess our listener here uh, would love to know, you know, what, do you perceive any major differences between the Portland cocktail and spirit scene, uh, or are they pretty similar? Is there anything that stands out to you about what you experience in Portland that's specifically different, not better, not worse, but different than San Francisco? And you can say no. Yeah. Um, God, the you know the bars and restaurants in San Francisco and Portland are, are very cross. You know, very very much the same. I, I mean, the I think the consumer is is just as heightened here as it is as it is in San Francisco as far as what they want and what they what they know about. You know, I mean, w- how they're educated within radio shows and magazines and you know, blogs and all that stuff here as they are in San Francisco. San Francisco may be just a little bit bigger of a city. Uh, so, but, but I mean, there's great chefs here just like there are in San Francisco. I think the one thing that I do see similar here in some ways, but really big in San Francisco that I don't see in very many other markets or cities when I travel is, is the seniors are still alive and behind the bar in San Francisco. The ones that taught me, the ones that taught them before, before I was taught, you know, they're, they're running bars and owning bars and, and still be behind them making drinks, uh, which you don't see very often. I mean, I go to New York or, or Chicago or, you know, a lot of places where you just don't see these 40 year olds back there still shaking drinks you know or 40 I mean even even later and, and it's not the age but the, the education and, and the the training it, it, which I think is like obviously the most important thing that happened to me and and so valuable that is definitely happening there that, that's so cool yeah I would agree with that it seems like there's a lot of bar owners in both San Francisco and Portland probably more than most cities that I come across that uh, the bar the bar owner and bartender continues to take shifts behind the bar. I mean, I've been doing that personally here at Hamlet down in the Pearl District and uh, you know, it's it's gratifying even, you know, for me at 42 to be taking shifts just to know that I could still do it. Uh, yeah, and keep yourself, you know, alive and and loving the hospitality world like we do and you know, knowing you can still do it is super important. <laughs> yeah, and it just keeps, yeah, it keeps you in the know. And uh, I tell you what, every every time I step back behind the bar for a few months, I just drop the LBs. It's great. You know, I'm Armenian. I like to eat a lot of, you know, heavy food. It goes to places I don't want. But I tell you, you know, a, a light workout regimen, four nights behind the bar, just slaughters that. So, you know, I want to turn our conversation to your work with us over at House Spirits and Aviation Gin. You know, uh, you want to tell our listener how you got involved with us um, at House Spirits? 
Yeah. Uh, again, it's that same sort of storyline that we've been we've been talking about thus far. Uh, I was really lucky in the time that I ran bars in San Francisco to work with incredible people like Nancy Oakes and Kathy King uh, from Boulevard and, and Prospect, where I, I ran the bar for a year or longer. Um, I went from there over to the Charles Fan family and, and reopened the original Slanted Door restaurant, a place called Wohing. Uh, and really, I, I, I mean, I can't even be more thankful for those opportunities and what I learned from there but but in that time you know I just ended up meeting meeting the owners and and founders of um including you uh from just bartending behind the bar and supporting the products having them on my menu uh just like now I try to I try to do all the time um yeah they would come in and visit me every time that they were in town and I started to really appreciate them just in their their you know their hospitality of coming and saying hello to me I was taught right from the start that when an owner or a, or a distiller comes into your bar, you treat them like gold, like kings, you know, and, and I was very excited every time that they came in to, to express that to everyone that I was bartending with and to introduce and, you know, that when my time behind the bar came to an end, which was kind of abruptly, not, not really something that I was expecting, one thing that I think is tough about San Francisco is, is the fact that the restaurant industry is so hardcore. It's so, you know, what, what is the next person doing? You know, I mean, I literally had calls from bloggers and news people the day after. So competitive down there. Yeah, extremely competitive. That's the exact word I was looking for. Um, and I, I didn't really feel at the time because of the way sort of things ended that that my best move was to just jump into another bar, you know, another opening or another another whole <laughs> takeover of everything. It's, it's exhausting and it's difficult. Well, I tell you what, we know you made the right move and uh, we're coming to the end of our segment here. And uh, again, we're with Brooke Arthur, the brand ambassador for House Spirits and uh, Aviation Gin, American brand ambassador of the year for Tales of the Cocktail. Back for another segment in just a bit. And welcome back to the Liquid Lifestyle here on the Radio Northwest Network. Again, we have the lovely and talented Brooke Arthur here, the House Spirits Aviation Gin brand ambassador, brand champion. Uh, just again won the Tales of the Cocktail American Brand Ambassador of the Year Award. Big, big freaking deal. We've been talking about her background in the San Francisco scene. San Francisco, again, you know, one of the one of the most prominent and important cocktail scenes out in our universe. Uh, and then, uh, you know, talking through kind of how she moved her way up from bussing tables to becoming, you know, world-class craft bartender and then moving on uh, to becoming a brand ambassador, which is uh, essentially this position is just exploding throughout the industry. Uh, the, the, the better or basically not the better all of the spirit brands out there are now hiring professionals like brooke you know superior bartenders you know who have the right ability to communicate and the right connections to kind of champion their brands and uh brooke has done that extremely well clearly for house spirits distillery so uh you know uh in this segment i really want to talk to you brooke about you know what does uh, what does your job look like? I mean, I mean, you wake up in the morning, you crush some coffee, uh, and then you get you get to work. And what does that look like? It's 
very exciting. It's about three hours of emails. <laughs> no. Truly. <laughs> uh, my job is wild and crazy and, and so fun and so stressful and so exhausting. And uh, I mean, really, every everything emotional thing you can think of encompasses the position. Um, I travel full time, pretty much. Um, but but really, the, the the reason why I travel so much and, and the blessed part of my job is that I also manage a part-time brand ambassador group or team uh, across the country. So, I mean, that is one of the full-time parts of my job for sure and, and the best part of my job without a doubt. Uh, I loved managing bartenders when I was behind the bar and I'm really lucky that I still kind of get to feed that, that fire and what, what I love to do. Well, I tell you what, for, for those listening that don't have a real understanding of what's going on in the industry with regards to how a brand sells itself and communicates, you kind of got two layers. You have a sales team, obviously, people selling the products into locations, and you have a team of brand ambassadors, essentially, that communicate and connect with bartenders and industry professionals, and, uh, and that's a massive part of the development of any brand. I always talk about tastemaker trickle-down. It's so critical to win the hearts and minds with the quality and message and story of your brand on-premise with the bartenders, with the servers, with those people. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. You can't make that next step. And I feel like, you know, we've done that really well at Aviation. I think that you've done, you know, just obviously working together with you, your curation of our brand ambassador, Strike Force, I like to call it, it's pretty outstanding. I mean, one thing I think that that is important is not just to find the most talented, and we have some of the most talented bartenders in the country working for us, sure. but people who um, who just like people, who like being around people, who have a who are or who are confident in where they stand in the industry. You know, what was your what? How did you go about putting together such a smoking team of professionals over uh, at House Spirits for us? Um, I think I, I love this term that a friend of mine passed on to me called uh, she, he told me that I, I was very I had a very strong emotional intelligence and I think that's a really weird thing to hear also kind of a weird concept to think about great name for a cocktail bro <laughs> yes emotional intelligence <laughs> yes you can have that one um, uh, and, and really what I mean what I take that as is that I have a good judge of character I, I and really I I mean there's a million ways you can take that but um, but relationships I, I can I can sort of re- build relationships well and, and that's the biggest biggest part about this job um, what you know my favorite thing to do when I'm looking to hire a brand ambassador in a certain city is to go to like one of the big events that that city might be having within the industry and I'll just literally sit back and watch the way people interact with each other watch for the person who is obviously getting all the attention and being the big show-off you know watch for the person who's the drunkest in the room watch for the person who's not the drunkest in the room you know watch for the person that shakes hands with every single person and or hugs them or you know just the way that they interact and the way the other people react to them and I try to figure out who I think the best person at all of those you know categories are obviously you want somebody who's relevant and doing cool things up-and-comers are great you know and 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 really I mean but really it all it mainly comes down to somebody who who loves aviation who who loves our team who wants to get to know it who is excited about the idea of moving and learning the other side of the industry not that the not behind the bar side um 
but yeah I mean I've been so lucky and I I don't know how it's kind of all fallen together I think it's nice to hear that people love working for me and that's that that drives me every single day to be a better better boss and a better educator and trainer for them I mean my whole goal is for them to leave the job or not ever leave the job but leave the job (laughs) um with a with a greater understanding of the industry and with huge huge prospects of what they might do next again we are with brooke arthur the uh, brand ambassador for house spirits distillery aviation gin and uh, i tell you what you know uh it's a tough job like you said you were on the road i mean i remember my many years of constant travel it's brutal uh I think there might be a few future brand ambassadors listening to this uh, today. Uh, what are, any tips on uh, how to manage your life within that that boss of a structure that you live in? The, f- the biggest thing I think that it took me a really long time to learn, and I'm still learning really, is uh, develop routines. Um, the brand ambassador lifestyle is super chaotic. You're you're up at sometimes earlier than 9 a.m. because of the east coast time change or whatever it may be and you're out until three or or if you're on the east coast till five sometimes you know and uh it in the beginning especially it just completely throws off your whole world of what you know your normal wake up have coffee go for a run or whatever it may be that you once had um so developing routines in whatever way it might be for you you know do you walk in your hotel room and organize your bathroom exactly the way your home bathroom is or do you make sure that you bring your running shoes every time so that you can take a half an hour run to clear your head in the morning or afternoon or whenever whenever really um sorry uh that that I think is the number one and I and I have a bunch of weird it's probably OCD routines that I do give us one or two of those Brooke come on (laughs) Uh, I definitely unpack my suitcase every single time, whether it's two days or, or longer. All the way into the, the drawers and everything? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. I do. Girl, I've never put my stuff <laughs> in the drawers. It's a weird, like, home feeling thing. I, I mean, I had never experienced homesickness before, and I started this job, and I was, I mean, it was intense. Uh, and, you know, exercise and, and, um, and being healthy is, is really important to me. I, I, am, I am a type 1 diabetic, but I also, you know, felt the change. Like you were talking about what, what, what kind of exercise you get behind the bar. When you're back there, it's incredible how much action you are actually doing. And I felt the change immediately when I stopped. And, you know, for a number of reasons, you're, you know, when you decide to take on a job that your primary the primary part is is drinking and consuming alcoholic beverages. You need you need to have a balance, and and so that that's number two for me for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's one thing I talk Probably number a lot. One. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's having the balance. Man, it's so hard on it. It's so hard in this industry to have that because not only is alcohol a drug, you know, when you learn to mix it right. It's delicious. It's a delicious drug. I mean, that's the yeah. reality of it. And you have to treat it with respect. And actually, I, I love that about what we do as craft bartenders and craft spirit, you know, liquid people, so to speak, is that I think by adding a story and, and taking it seriously, we, we get people to not think of alcohol so much as an alcohol delivery unit or as, you know, a legal drug, so to speak, but much more as an experience. And I think this whole craft movement has, has been healthy for American drinking culture, really healthy. So we are jumping out of our third segment again with Brooke Arthur, the brand ambassador for House Spirits Distillery uh, and Aviation Gin, back for our last segment in a moment. 
And welcome back to The Liquid Lifestyle. This is your on-air bartender, Ryan McGarry, and you are on the Radio Northwest Network. We're having a blast chatting with Brooke Arthur, the Tales of the Cocktail American Brand Ambassador of the Year. She is the Brand Ambassador of House Spirits Distillery and Aviation Gin. My colleague, man, just been fun chatting San Francisco, learning about the... uh, Everything that's going on with your career as a brand ambassador, the, the struggles, the, the joy, the, uh, the hangover, so to speak, uh, there's so much going on uh, in that position. But I want to take this last, last segment to just talk House Spirits Distillery. You know, I mean, I'm so proud of what we've done, and I know you are too. You've been with us for a long time. You've seen so much, excuse me, you've seen so much growth. Why don't you just do a quick recap on, 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 our, on our spirits, on all the delicious liquids that we got down there at the distillery? Yeah, I am so proud. I'm so proud to be a part of it and uh, and really lucky, I feel like, in a million ways. But um, as far as what's going on in House Spirits, there's a lot going on. <laughs> we are uh, we are doing really great things and, and growing leaps and bounds every single day. Uh, we have um, a, a lot of different spirits at House Spirits, but really only a few that we, we focus on uh, primarily. Uh, the first, of course, being our baby. Uh, I can I can say that now. Um, <laughs> uh, Aviation American Gin is for sure the brand that I spend every waking moment and every not awake moment thinking about and dreaming about. <laughs> um, we're we're a different a different beast than what most people understand about gin, and that that's probably my favorite part about aviation. Um, you know, we're, we're an American gin, and, and what that really translates to is we're we're a gin made in America and for Americans. We are we are also a completely different profile than that real traditional London dry style that that most people are 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 thinking of when they think of gin, uh, and that is where you hear sadly some bad comments like your grandmother's booze collection or or tastes like you know. A Christmas tree. Um, I've even heard such terrible things like "Jen is the devil," which is just amazing, you know. And 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 so many people that are listening right now probably can literally say, are saying in their head that that's the one spirit that they don't like, or that's the one spirit that they won't drink. Um, and what I love about aviation is that our our junior, you know, our our botanical blend is a lot more balanced we are we're not heavy in the juniper department as much as as much juniper as there is in there uh it's not it's not the greatest it's not the king of the castle um we we have some really lovely things in our botanical blend like lavender and orange peel and coriander and cardamom and um and indian sarsaparilla that that i think people are a little bit more accustomed to and, and really enjoy um, so it, it works amazingly in cocktails, as you know, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, I remember when you uh, when we st- first started working together. You, you know, I think you to this day still like the sarsaparilla is the thing that really grabs you. And when I go out and talk about aviation, I'm always talking about Brooke Arthur and, and how she gets a sarsaparilla. And I always joke that perhaps your parents took you to A and W one too many times in your in your early uh, earlier years, but uh, you know that's one of the great things about aviation is it's it's a balanced gin. Sure, the juniper shines bright enough to make it a a gin, but uh, just like a great cocktail, all the things kind of have their say, 
And uh, I think that along with other uh, contemporary gins that, that show balance have, have really helped improve the category. So there's a few other things we got going on, right? We've got the Akavi, we've got the, the Westward uh, Malt. Well, tell us about the Westward. I mean, people are really excited about the whiskey. Yeah, Westward is huge, uh, and huge in that we are literally building a, a huge, huge new distillery right now uh, that is is really monstrously focused on Westward. Uh, not that aviation is not still going to be our, our big our big baby, but um, <laughs> uh, we're currently right in the middle of building one of the one of the biggest possible distilleries and on the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we're, I think, 90% there. I'm, I'm literally going to see it for the first time in a couple months uh, after this show, uh, which I'm really excited about. But we're, we built a, a brewery, so we're now making the base or the, the wash of our whiskey, um, which is 100% barley, uh, at the distillery, which is something we've never done before and not very many distilleries actually do. So that is incredible. Uh, it's The, the Westward is, is really... I mean, I hate to say the word craft, but it's it's a really craft style, completely different categories of whiskey. Um, it's really Chris John, our founder's uh, a dream to have a whiskey and, and, and something that he's been working on forever. So I was lucky enough to see like one of the first bottles being opened when randomly I was just there in Portland when it happened. Uh, and now to see that, you know, everything that he put behind it and all the work on aviation and, and that you both did really creating something special like westward is awesome it's it's a it's a it drinks like a it drinks like a um, irish whiskey but it really it really has a lot of that sort of scotland like barley notes that that people love it, it's it's aged in american oak so it also has a lot of those delicious caramel vanilla oaky bourbon notes that people love as well yeah i always when when i talk westward i just think it's you know i always say it, it almost drinks like 80 you know, eight parts Irish whiskey, like a pure pot still Irish whiskey with two parts of the structure, tannin, and deliciousness of a bourbon thrown in. So proud of what we do. So proud of you, Brooke. You have freaking crushed it over the past several years. Uh, we've been chatting with Brooke Arthur, uh, Tales of the Cocktail, American Brand Ambassador of the Year, uh, and the Brand Ambassador for House Spirits Distillery and Aviation Gin. And we uh, are going to have to uh, walk away. Uh, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, getting back at you next week. Uh, and as always, I will leave you with uh, the saying, uh, always drink your best. Mm-hmm.